I'm speaker. Here we are, guys. Hey. There, it sounds good now. So welcome, uh, everybody. I have uh, not only I can call them friends, I can call them points champions, father-son pro stock polling team. Exciting to have Clint and Connor Metting on the phone with me here tonight for our Let's Grow Polling podcast. Gentlemen, first of all, I just want to thank you for living in Texas and dragging your beautiful equipment all the way to the Midwest every weekend to go truck and tractor pulling for us to enjoy you. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, we appreciate it. Well, I it's don't, quite what, I mean, yeah, what's it take, how long does it take you guys just to get out of Texas? How many hours? It's right around seven, seven to eight, depending on traffic. Wow. It's just insane. I mean, I, you know, for years I knew the Blade Graves did that and other Texas pullers as well, but I don't know the Blade Graves as well as I know you guys. And I've been to Nordheim and I know how far it is to Texas. So it's all good. Yeah, when it's we get inside, when we get inside, so our our goal this year, for the most part, because I guess we're getting weak, we uh, we try to make it to the Oklahoma Texas border and stay at the casino. They're usually the the Windstar or uh, in Duran at the uh, Horseshoe, I think it is, or whichever one that one is. I'm not sure, but so we try to make it there to the to the border and uh, kind of lay over and just relax that. At, at most of our hooks, that's a pretty good day's driving to get there. And yep. uh, we have went ahead and just toughed it out and drove the whole dang way home and get home at three or four in the morning. And of course, Monday is, is such a train wreck when you try to drive like that all day. It doesn't really, you don't really gain anything other than just some massive torture. So we, we try to make it to the Texas border and then it, it still takes us time. We stop one time, usually get some lunch. Um, it takes us just almost all day to get home. So, uh, now this was the first year with the new Toter home, right? Yes, sir. Twenty twenty was okay. And your other one, Ryan DeBrew up here in Wisconsin, bought your other one, right? Yes. Okay, awesome. The Ken, I I've seen the Kenworth semi truck puller toting his rig around with a Peterbilt. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. It could uh, be worse. It could be. Well, so for, I mean, I I've got to know you guys over the last couple of years for sure. Um, I was super excited. I didn't, I knew the new tractor was getting done. You know, you and I had talked about it last year, Clint. And then I, I bought the live stream for rock Valley and here Friday night, Connor goes out and wins it. And I'm like all excited, you know, and, uh, it was a really, they do a nice job with that outlaw TV. I was able to sit in my living room and watch you guys pull. I, I wish I could have been with you, but my son actually graduated from high school that weekend because of, um, because of COVID, all the graduations got pushed back. And obviously, family is more important than tractor pulling. But that's a nice segue into you guys are a family that tractor pulls together. And you have two pro stocks now. What's it like? I mean, Clint, you, you, you went from basically the hot farm class, what, three or four years ago now? How long? When did you buy Lance's tractor, the, the 630? Uh, or 830, I'm sorry. 30. Uh, uh, I think we bought it in possibly 15. We pulled our first year. Uh, to run it was in 17. Yeah, okay. So we pulled we pulled the hot form from 09 to 16. And we it set out. We didn't even mess with it in, uh, in 17. And we concentrated on the, on the 830 and got it dialed in. It, it took me longer than it did Connor uh, to figure it out. You know, it was just such a different deal. And trying to figure out tire pressure and gearing and everything, you know. Uh, I had a little bit more knowledge under my belt, and we were 
able to get this 60-30 dialed in pretty quick. You know, that Rock Valley hook on Friday that he won was only the third pass down the track. So Yeah, I knew it had to be pretty I knew it had to be pretty early in the process, that's for sure. Yeah, we you know, we went to White Right. We missed uh Warrensburg. That was only a one night hook and that kind of worked out. I mean, we just the 8.30 was ready to go, but we didn't have the trailer back. I had left it up in Kentucky when we went to the farm show, and we stretched it and uh, did a lot of renovation to it and got it long enough to where we could get both tractors and our Jeep in it. And uh, the, so the trailer wasn't back. We didn't have the 60.30 down here. Lance had it ready to go and basically complete all of the stuff that happened to it at Louisville when the drive shaft out of Ricky Long's mod came apart and wounded it we had got all of that fixed and so he had it ready sitting in his shop and I, I tried to figure out any and every way to get it down here sooner and I had people willing to bring it but it just money-wise it wasn't feasible to bring it down on a separate load and and then turn around and have to pay to get the van down here and it just it just didn't add up so we opted to set out uh you know, set out Warrensburg, knew that we would have at least one drop to use to counter that. Of course, you hate to have to use your drop for, you know, a deal like that. You usually want to use that when you make a bad hook or just misread and have a screw up. You like to have one drop or two if you got a real long season that you can kind of, you know, take those out of the equation. But uh, so we just opted. I, I hired a a truck only that went and picked up the track, uh, the trailer and then shot over to Lance's and uh, the weekend of Warrensburg and uh, Father's Day Sunday, he rolled in about mid morning, 11 o'clock with it. And uh, we got the tractor unloaded and basically uh, we started working on putting it together ready that night. We got the trailer, kind of looked it all over, got everything unloaded out of it that they had sent back, leftover pieces and parts that they didn't use, and got the tractor unloaded, got the shop, got sheet metal off of it. And uh, From the get-go, we started having major roadblocks, figuring out that this thing wasn't just going to go together like I kind of had imagined. I, it had done been too long since I put the first one together to remember what all what all could possibly go wrong? I had it in my head that it wasn't going to be nothing. And the steering was on the wrong side of the front axle and we couldn't set it down into the chassis because we were the pumps and everything were hitting. And so that started Monday morning with taking all the steering and moving it to the front. And then, of course, when you move it to the front, it all everything steers backwards. So we had to flip it over and run the steering down the left side of the the frame and it, it all worked out fine, but that was one roadblock that I thought was going to kill us. You know, we had white right coming up. We'd have to be ready to go by this, you know, that Friday coming up. And uh, so we got that done, got it set down in there. And, and, uh, and back in my mind, we had lots of room under the hood on that 60 30. And we really never got a good measurement on where we needed to be on our turbo height. So they built the header kind of like they thought it needed to be and left me room to get the valve cover and stuff off and, um, you know, kind of did it like they kind of thought. And we set the dang sheet metal on and the dang hood wouldn't sit down. We were about three inches too high. <laughs> but take the header off and cut it apart and basically roll the flange over and lay the turbo down. And that was the second roadblock that just 
all but figured, man, this is over. It's it. We're done. We, we can't get this pulled off. And I think through the most of that week between electrician working on the trailer and uh, I had my brother-in-law helping, my father-in-law, uh, boy that works for me, it was all hands on deck. I think there was five or six people every day for three and a half days working from eight o'clock in the morning till almost every night was three to three thirty. And, uh, we might do toolboxes in the trailer and, you know, it just, we had a lot of stuff to get done so that we could load up and be ready to go. And, uh, I don't remember, we had one other major roadblock right at the end that just every day, you know, we would work till three o'clock in the morning. We couldn't see straight. We'd go to bed, we'd wake up and we'd get together in the morning and hell we'd figure out how we were going to fix it. And we had a lot of stuff coming UPS red, uh, between Phil and everybody that was jumped in to, you know, try to get us what we needed, but we got it. I think three and a half days, um, we started with just a little bit. My goal that Sunday night when we got the tractor was have the motor sitting in there. And with all of that done, we fired it. I think finally at about 1030 on Thursday night and it ran and it sounded good. And so we put sheet metal on it and, um, uh, I think we were up till about three or three thirty Friday morning trying to get figured out how we were going to get all that stuff boomed down. Um, yeah. When I built it, I, so that was I mean, so you got ready for white right then? Yeah, Clint. Yeah, that was to get the white right. Okay. We we knew that they wouldn't be but about six inches of spare room, and I wasn't wrong when I had measured that stuff. We we had, we the eight thirty's got to be all the way up with the weights hanging up in the living quarters. And then there's about two inches between it and the 6030. And then there's about two inches between it and the Jeep. And there's about three inches maybe between the front bumper of the Jeep and the rear door. It's, it's tight. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, yeah, we left to go to White Right that morning on hardly any sleep. It was raining. And then on top of that, Connor wanted to take Bullfrog. And so we loaded it on a, uh, on a gooseneck trailer uh that he ended up not latching the ball on and he's got one of them hideaway balls in his pickup and forgot to latch it we didn't get to the gate good and the trailer had done come out of the ball and luckily the safety chains didn't let it wipe out the fuel tank and the toolbox so that uh it was quite the deal we were we were so stressed out that we couldn't see straight but we made the trip got up there and uh and uh friday afternoon was crazy we you know we got there with three freaking tractors and unloaded and the first trip down that Connor had made the first trip, you know, when you were down here yep. and uh, did really well. And we didn't, we kind of trying a different weight combination on bullfrog because we're just having trouble since we did it several years ago with the new profab and everything that we did. It just doesn't balance the same anymore. So we, we got a little different weight combination on it and, uh, he came out good and hard and it reared up and it, it hooked him hard to the left and he ran it out of bounce. And when he pulled out of the throttle, dropped it and broke the tie rod on the front. And it was a disastrous first pull for him. Uh, and that's when I had decided to let him drive the pro stock. I was going to drive the 6030 for the first time and just try to get a feel, make sure it was all right. And hell, I put him in the seat and he got us a fourth. <laughs> so that was, that was the start to a, pretty much stellar 2020 season for a rookie. 
Yeah, the first time I saw you drive it, Connor, would have been in Rock Valley on Friday night. I watched both sessions, but just looked like you've done it your whole life. And, well, you've definitely got to watch you know, your dad drive uh, uh, the Bulletproof Buck many, many times and kind of get a feel for it. So pretty pretty neat. But, yeah, like I said, I saw you in 2019 down there in Nordheim take the, bull, the Bullfrog for a win the next time, or, you know, for a run. Next thing I know, you're, you're winning Rock Valley on a Friday night with the new tractor. So it's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, it, you know it, it's, so. and we 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 did that for a reason. But we knew that that tractor it's it's a, it was built actually before the eight thirty. I think Lance and them built it in two thousand ten, and then they did the eight thirty and, and twelve, and uh, they're identical twins other than the sheet metal, and uh, that proved at several pulls this year to be a big a big factor. You know, a um, couple of the times when he really really needed to do good. I looked out and drew early and, you know, and, we, you know, we were, I struggled pretty much all year with trying to figure out what I was going to do on my tires. And we learned a lot there. Uh, we basically were both sporting brand new sets of pro pullers at Rock Valley. And uh, we hit those pretty much dead on. And uh, what ply did you guys go? We're with running the 12s. Okay, because I I bumped into Mays and those guys down in Mountain City. I think they're they. I think you tried a fourteen out this year. Yeah, they've got a fourteen now. Uh, that twelve okay. ply, you know, Aaron and I talked a lot about that together with Todd Flugel, and you know, we knew that the tens, the tens just weren't enough tire for you know bigger horses. The pro stocks. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That first year that we went to the. Uh, Cowtown Showdown, you were there. I think that's the first time I actually met you, but that's when uh, Aaron's dad was there, Bruce, doctor, and he said, yeah, we got a surprise for you. I said, what's that? And he said, well, we decided to go ahead and build a 12-ply, and, and uh, you know, I had a set of 12-plies last year and mixed emotions on them. We, we ran a little bit more lug on them and really thought it was the, the answer, and we stumbled and fumbled all year last year with them. We ended up, you know, in second place with the 830, but just a lot of up and downs. Those tires are not the easiest to figure out, but uh, when you get them dialed in, they seem to work pretty good. And uh, so, you know, I, I fought and had some, I had two bad runs at White right this year that really kind of got me down. And we just struggled all year with the 830 to ever get back up ahead. And, uh, Connor ran the Firestones that Justicens had had on there, and hell, they made two pretty good solid passes. And and then we, uh, the tires that we ran were actually a set that Cody Shea had cut, and he never even ran them. He basically, when the 14s came out, he wanted to get out from under them 12s and go to 14s. So we made a deal through Todd and Chad Mayhill, and we got them dismounted and down here, and and uh, boy, we we made them work pretty good. So uh, we're still learning, you know, it's, uh, but having the two tractors as mates, it came down to, you know, our deal at Mexico, Missouri. And that probably was the biggest testament to having match set of tractors. I was first hook and um, a hair heavy on the nose and, and uh, could have been up one gear. And he was, I think, fourth hook and, uh, Anyway, that, you know, that was a pretty tight race with Cody Yarrick. And, and uh, of course, uh, orders, yeah, we're only 5.20. 
finished Tony Wharton yep. was right in there. He's running real good as well. And, and um, you know, we went to Springfield and we all, that was a kind of a drawing deal. That track was really rough to us this year. It just, it was way wet. And uh, if you weren't an early hook boy, you just, it was not a good deal. And Connor was a late hook and we moved a bunch of, we moved all the weight we could to the back and got them to, got got them to get the front ends up but it was so soft and so so boggy that we just laid hook man he just we ended up getting buried and lost some ground there and you know at that point we knew we only had one hook left which was mexico so we we had to have a ground pounding good run there to try to catch back up and so when i ran and saw what we did and knew what i needed to do we did exactly what I wished I would have done on his hook. And man, he, he had that thing hooked in 20 feet, I believe, and took Brandon's sled and they was flying and got out there at over 340 feet and just did what he needed to do to gain the points back that we had lost. And, you know, we were hoping to have one more, you know, that's nobody wants to end it on short number of hooks. This whole season was kind of a screwed up deal, but, um, for the ones that we had, we, we did good. How many, how many pro stock hooks did you I think have we, this year? We thought we were going to have 11. And then that last one at, uh, Buckner, Missouri ended up getting canceled and they couldn't relocate it. So I think we ended up with nine. Well, the other guys had okay. 10, you and I had nine. Yeah. Well, everybody. Okay. So what's the deal with you? You got, you guys can throw out one. This right? year they allowed one. Normally it's two. On a hook, you okay. know, on a season of around 20 to 22 hooks, they'll allow two drops. And uh, Okay. So what? So you can miss one, or if you just – you have a bad night, you just basically Yeah, as long as you're pre-committed right? and signed up as a, you know, member, uh, we didn't have to be there, you know, and that was our get-out-of-jail card when we knew we couldn't. And we didn't want to miss Warrensburg because Steve Bailey and, and uh, that crew down there uh, – just do a heck of a job with that deal and we like going and it was supposed to be a later hook and they ended up they ended up deciding to do it early and heck we just we weren't ready and so we knew that we could drop it and still be able to compete and uh, that's the only thing that kind of saved us because if it would have been a a two-nighter there we would have been shot in the foot you know we just wouldn't have been able to make it happen but uh anyway so yeah we were able to overcome that and and uh, like I said, started at White Ride and and had a we just had a good season, you know. But it would have been a different deal if everybody would have had more hooks and we could have ran longer. But you know, he just had one of those seasons that there wasn't much he was doing wrong, unless we'd get on a track that we just couldn't make it hook. Um, we we were able to make that thing hook and work. So I like it. Now, have you won? Did you won an outlaw points? I won it in nineteen. Bulletproof or eight? Okay, yeah, because Port, yes. Porter's won it yeah. last year. So in seventeen, 17 okay. so yeah. When we got started, we played catch up, and when we finally kind of got things dialed in, I caught Porter's and passed them, and then I went and had a had a bad weekend at at uh, uh, Wisner, and basically had a three point lead going in, and lost three. Basically lost six points that weekend, and then we went to uh, Parker's Pool in Ohio, and I won both hooks there. But I just I was one point away from tying them up, 
and uh, so they won in 17, and then I won it in 18, and then they won last year uh, in 19. We had some motor trouble. Just We had changed some stuff around to run that big turbo for Louisville, which worked real well, and uh, but we had too much camshaft in it last year, and it just – it just wouldn't work with that small hypermax turbo. And, uh, so we fought that, but, uh, still ended up second. And, uh, you know, this year we didn't give the eight thirty near the attention it normally gets. We, we put all of our emphasis on that sixty thirty, and it, uh, not making any excuses. I just got my ass handed to me by, by my 16 year old boy. So. Well, I think your 16-year-old boy knows where that comes from, though, too. So that there's no, there's not going to be anything I, wrong with that. So, yeah. Well, so next question. I'm assuming both tractors, you guys filled out your forms for Louisville, yes, right? Yes, sir. They're due by yeah, the we got, we're, we're working on getting okay. the pictures together. And, yeah, they'll all they'll all leave this weekend. That's all. I texted Mike, and he's positive um, that it's going to happen. Some still seem to think it's not going to. Who knows? You know, I mean. Uh, we just don't know how things are going to happen, yeah. but you can't wait. I mean, that's a lot of stuff to get going. So they're they're going in a positive direction, and I think if God's willing and everything settles down, it, it will happen. Um, but if it won't, well, they they will have done everything they can do to try to make it work, and and uh, we'll just swallow that one down hard and try to get ready to go again and and. Uh, you know, 2022. So, but. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, you know, with COVID this year, uh, you know, I know you talked about a short season, but some people oh, yeah. didn't have a they season. Had a pretty good season. Uh, lucky, I'm lucky yeah. you guys did. So. Yeah. We, we actually had a pretty dang good season compared to most people. So we felt pretty, uh, you know, I, I, dang, I think, uh, you know, Kurt had made some moves last year to, uh, open up that limited pro class. And I think he probably caught a little bit of flack for that, but boy, I tell you what, it shined this year. I mean, we had at all of those big hooks like rock Valley and uh, Mexico, Missouri, and, you know, wherever they had 30 plus limited pros, you know, and uh, if we would have done, if we would have been where we had been before, you know, it wouldn't have gave a lot of those people that didn't have a place to go, to go so it allowed a lot of people that hadn't pulled a lot without law to come run with them and uh, i think they like how the shows are ran they i think they like how the speed of everything and they got a taste of what we get to do and and you know not saying they're going to leave their association to come pull with ours but i think they liked it enough to where if they've got an opening and they can um, i think they're going to come back i think a lot of people really like pulling without law no, I heard a lot of positive things as well, Clint. Um, when I when I think about Connor driving a pro stock, Connor, you're 16, right? You're a junior in high school. So what's it like driving a pro stock? I mean, guys, most people dream about that their whole lives. <laughs> and I mean, I mean that in such a cool way. What was it like, Connor, the first time you jumped on that at White Right and got to get after it? I mean, especially, I guess, after going out of bounds with the hot farm earlier in the evening. I mean, where, what was your where was your confidence uh, at? I mean, it it did drop, but I mean, all winter long, it, I I just had self confidence that that I could handle it, and that helped me a lot. So, but but 
No, no, I agree. It's just, it's awesome. I mean, you have, you know, you have great equipment, obviously, you know, with the, with the people you're working with and your dad doesn't oh, mess yeah. around. He buys good stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's a good feeling there to know that you're getting on something. You can't ever drive something trying not to break it. If you know what I mean, you gotta, you just gotta open it up mm-hmm. and hope, hope nothing bad happens. So. Connor, what's going on with school for you guys this year in Texas? Are you guys, are you virtual? Are you, are you day-to-day live or? What's been well, going on well, uh, we're some it, we had the option to go virtual, and some people did, but they can only go virtual till uh, the end of, end of the first six weeks, which will be next Friday. Um, and everybody else, then then they have to come back. But most kids did come back to school. Uh, in fact, my my class, which is it's it's small compared to most schools, it was it's not benign of us, but uh, my class was the only one that that we all came back to school and and all the teachers kind of kind of um, kind of praised us on that because we were the only ones that came back and so they didn't have to put all the the virtual stuff out there for us. Um, we were all there, but most people came back, but some did choose to go virtual. But like I said, next Friday after after next Friday, everybody will be back. Okay, good, good. Clint, what kind of crowds did you see this summer compared to like previous years? Were they up? Were they were they the same? I mean, were they a little down? What were you seeing like in the stands from? The oh, they were standpoint? they were awesome. I mean, uh, you know, Rock Valley was was packed. I think that was as good a crowd as I've ever seen. Um, you know, we uh, Leon Hellebush had us uh, at Marthasville for the first time, and we pulled with. Uh, Excalibur. Excalibur, and that was a neat deal to be a part of. And they put on a really, really cool deal. I think all the funds there benefit the local school. And uh, I don't remember. I think he told me they sold like 450 cases of beer. And I think over 400 or 450 <laughs> pounds of uh, gizzards. <laughs> they make uh, some really, really good chicken gizzards. And, uh, I mean, it was just... It was almost you had to try to fight your way to get through the crowd that was all standing back behind the stands just to get to the scale. Uh, it was definitely just packed. And uh, I was a little aggravated with, you know, and I know with uh, some people it's just the way it worked out, but, you know, like uh, Wisner, the, 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 that thing might have been so big that they would have had trouble with people. Uh, what it seemed to me is that everybody was just massively yearning for a place to go get back to some kind of a norm and uh, wherever they would have a place that would, uh, you know, just put their foot down and say, we're going to have this deal and make it happen. Uh, I think for the most part, it paid them back pretty well, you know, yeah. Good. No, it was, well, a, big, it was it, a big decision. It was, and I mean, year, Clint. I mean, everybody's was... got different ways of looking at it, but the ones that just said they were going to do it, I, I think they, I, that deal that I know Leon and them had, I believe, I don't know what he told me they made for the school there, but that might have been one of the bigger events they've had there, and and their track is is good. I know they said at one time it kind of went away; they hauled in some new dirt, uh, but it's coming back around, and man, it it did good. I, I don't remember how many hooks they had but they hammered that thing all day long and 
into the night and they were still a, a shot to take the lead right at the end if if you knew where that sweet spot was at but uh so for the most part you know everywhere we went it was it was as good a crowds as the normal year uh, and, and there was there was more there was more noticeable social distancing and mask and all that crap here at home than there was when we go north it was almost actually neat to just get away and and come up to those areas because wherever they put the pools on you saw very few masks whether you want to wear them or not you know that's everybody's decision but it was just refreshing to go to some places that you felt like we were back to normal and uh that was uh that was good therapy No, I, I understand that completely. Connor, how do how do fans follow you guys on uh, on Facebook or Instagram? What what are you putting out there for people to follow no, you guys' bowling team? Mom does most of it, but um, she'll put she can she puts all that stuff on there. But um, everybody, what's your all? Yeah, what's your all's uh, Facebook page? Smitting Motorsports. So. Yeah, and then tries okay. to update it pretty I'm regular i don't know if she now, got though. a lot of the videos on this year she, some of them she just put them straight on her page but yeah. they, they might translate over there as well um she put them on her personal face thing, things get kind of hectic sometimes so we don't probably always keep that thing updated like we should but uh hmm? hey connor grab your mom's phone and get to get okay. your videos up on your your page okay okay we gotta do that important i care about the social media stuff i gotta get yeah, you guys uh, no uh, get you guys squared away you know that, so. that's one of the reasons if it wouldn't be for the pulling end of this deal i probably wouldn't be on facebook to be real honest with you it's i i enjoy being able to I keep understand. up with all of our pulling friends and seeing what's going on and try to stumble and fumble through all the other crap that's on there but uh for the most part it's the only way we can keep tabs yeah. with people you know Oh. Well, Clint, I know, and the reason I push, I always push you so hard is there is not one tractor that we put on our page that gets more likes and comments than your the bulletproof buck with that eight thirty sheet metal. So that's why it's important to get that out there. And, and I want more pullers putting more stuff on social media because that gets more eyeballs on the sport and hopefully more sponsorship someday. You know, I'm really proud of the Outlaws for landing the Case IH sponsorship this year as well as Schaefer Oil. You know, Van Beek and that team, they're doing a nice job of bringing in some, you know, national sponsors. It's no, I, I tell you what, Kurt's so. done really well. Uh, and I had talked to Dave Nelson the other day. Uh, I got to know Dave at uh, the farm show and and uh, always really kind of liked him. He was a super nice guy. He would be the one that come and would always tech the tractor before we'd do a test pass. And uh, anyway, then he would always be at Rock Valley helping line up and get everybody out to the track when the pull was going on. He called me the other day and they're wanting to do a, uh, they're wanting to do, do a deal at the banquet and get all of the, I don't know if they've really set up the age group yet, but maybe 16 to late twenties, early thirties. Uh, they want to get all of that age group together and, and have a little meeting at the, at the banquet. And uh, just to talk about, get some of the young people's input on where pulling's going and, you know, what we can do different to change stuff up and tailor it toward the younger generation. And I thought that was a good deal. And, 
and uh, I read today that he was uh, he was officially on board with Outlaws is is uh, going to help promote promote. So uh, Dan Kurtz done a lot of good stuff with getting you know Outlaw was always a pretty solid organization, but it hadn't done anything but get better since Kurtz kind of taken over. And you know we it's just it's going in the right direction, I think. So. I agree. And I think this year, like and you you touched on a little bit earlier, Clint, but this year a lot of eyeballs got put, you know, there wasn't the um there wasn't that, oh, I'm an NTPA guy or I'm a I'm a PPL guy or I'm an outlaw guy yeah, this year. It's like I just want to pull my truck for traffic yeah, guy. Yeah, I said the fact and that he that was nice he, to see. Uh, so. He kind of changed those rules on the limited pro. Like I said, there was some people for it. There were some people that were kind of on the some people that didn't like it, you know, and and uh Boy, what a – if there was anything good to come out of that, the fact that he did that and then the year went the way it did, it just – I mean, it couldn't have happened any better. It it really really enabled a lot of those people to come see what was on the other side of the fence. And, you know, uh, I think some will come back on a regular basis and, and, and a lot of them will come whenever they have a chance. But when you have 30-something tractors – Wow. You know, and that never would have happened if he wouldn't have combined the rules and get everybody on the same page. So uh, he was kind of a leader in the deal this year with, you know, pushing forward as hard as he could to make these pulls happen. And, uh, you know, I think probably I know there's still some pulls going on. It's winding down now, but he's got to be one of the organizations that's had some of the most pulls all year long. I know there was a lot of just, you know, and it, a lot of it was oh, out of sure. their control, but I think he had a lot of input with promoters and pushed them to go forward instead of backing up. And and uh, so I think he kind of kind of set set uh, set some new ground this year. He, I think he did good for himself by doing what he did. And even like I said, it it was a bad season, but I think he gained some ground because of it, just with the way things played out. And, you know, he got a lot of good publicity out there for his organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he took some chances yep. and they paid off. That's for sure. That is for sure. Clint, we talked about the differences, you know, in the limited pro class before. It was a it was a, basically a box charger and then the size of the millimeter pump for the P. What's the difference between an outlaw pro stock that you pull in the summer versus what, like, you know, a grand national NTPA or a, a champion turbo. Yeah. Stock. We're it's pretty just much the turbo size. Correct? You know, we're running 18 millimeter pumps. Uh, I think we could handle a 19 turned way down. Uh, you know, every year, man, that thing is just moving so dang fast. You know, what, what's, what's, uh, the latest and greatest one year is still acceptable the next year. And by the third year, it's just almost not enough type deal. Which, you know, in a way, there's good and bad out of that because <laughs> it uh, it allows there to be some uh, 17 and 18 millimeter pumps that are perfectly fine for what we're doing out there that are available for about half of what they cost brand new. And uh, so our guys with where we're at, with our five inch Weimer, are able to, uh, you know, we're able to take advantage of some of that and of course, our, our, our turbo is a box charger that Weimer built especially, especially for us, and it's a five-inch smoothbore. And, uh, man, I I think they had a maybe an issue or two 
with a couple of things that they got taken care of, but uh, we hit the ground running with them. And as far as I know, you know, there again, there'll probably be a, you know, a complaint or two, but for the most part, I think for a brand new charger that we all bolted on and went to running, I didn't hear hardly anything negative. Most everything was positive. So, you know, we're, to answer your question, we're, we're sitting around 3,100 horse. Um, we picked up about 700 foot pounds of torque over where we were at. Um, but we're still way off from the big guys, but, uh, it did bring us closer to where crossing that bridge, if you do want to is doable. Um, you know, I have never run an intercooler on my 830. I put, we ran a five, seven Weimer last year at Louisville, um, you know, made about 4,100 horse. Uh, it definitely will wake them up. And, uh, you know, we do all we can do without having to just, you know, I don't know if I could get a, a cooler under the hood on that tractor. That's one thing about it. It's super cool, but I'm limited on room with it. But, uh, you know, the cooler is around 300 horse just right. by bolting it on and getting cool air into the engine. And uh, so, but, you know, there again, the five seven was the king of the road for the last year, maybe. <laughs> now there's, I think it's it's a five eight or a six inch. It's out now. That's a complete brand new redesigned. I think they said it weighs 150 pounds. It's just, you know, and so now everybody's changing wow. plumbing, adapting to that thing. And uh, but I know some people that's ran it and they hadn't got it quite dialed in. You know, uh, there's Don Masterson, I believe, is still running the five seven uh, turbo that he won at Louisville when he won it that year. And and, uh, you know, so it it, I think it's going to come to a point. That's just my my uh, opinion, which don't mean much. But I think it's going to come to a point where, man, they're going to have some point to me. You're going to have trouble getting all that kind of power hooked to a twenty four five. Uh, where's it going to stop? You know, I'm hearing 45 to 4,700 horse. So, you know, when we step up at Louisville and get over 4,000, those boys are still 500 more than we are. That's like having a 3406 Caterpillar with 550 horse in front of what they've already got. You know, we're, we're going in there definitely <laughs> thunderdogs, and you've got to have some luck. But at Louisville, it's a little different deal. You, if you draw right, um, you you draw a ride and you go in there with a good solid tractor. You still got a chance to get up in there and maybe maybe make the the finals. It's a tough deal. It's a tough deal to play with those guys. But uh, we're still fifteen to seventeen hundred horse, you know, off of them. But you know, even at thirty one hundred horse, uh, we didn't touch those tractors in nine hooks. We adjusted the clutch, I think, one time on them. Uh, we ran the valves, I think one time and we change oil in them and that's, it makes it fun. You know, a lot of us don't have the funds to, I just don't have the funds and, and, and the people that could come along with me to, to start wrenching on one, like a top fuel dragster, you know? And so, but they're they're They claim that they're still staying together, even with the big horsepower they're making, but, uh, they definitely, the maintenance level steps up when you get to that point. And uh, at some point, heck, we may take one of them if we think we can cram a cooler under the hood and, and go play a little bit in the summer. I'd, I'd like to go to that Wagler deal one time and, 
you know, and every, every, every season, though, we're always tearing down and getting stuff set back up to fill, to, to get freshened and or retrofitted to go to Louisville. And so these last hooks toward the end of the season are tough for us to make if we don't want to be behind the eight ball when it comes time to go to Louisville. So I get a lot of people wanting to know, hey, are you going here, are you going there? And heck, our stuff's at home to report. But uh, after we've drove 20,000 miles to make all the outlaw hooks, you know, it doesn't bother me to stay at home for a month or two. <laughs> I don't blame you one bit. No, it was neat to see um, Diesel World. Uh, they had that live on Facebook today, and I was watching it. It was neat to see Tim Kane. You want to talk about a guy that's been dedicated to the craft of pro stock pulling tractors, the Kane family. Pretty happy for them today to um, to pick them off there. Because I guess I can't remember the last time they've had a big win like this because um, it's just so competitive every week and week in out, you know, on that Grand National circuit. You know, I've got to know them pretty good down in Cloverdale, Tim and Donna and Chris, because that's really like their hometown pull for them. And to see him get that win there today at uh, in Lyons, Indiana at Waggler's and you know, to win 10 grand, that's, that's a big number. That's a really, really big prize for, for tractor pulling. I mean, I know how much money we spend on these things, Clint, and you and I've talked about this from time to time. We, you know, hoping someday, you know, the crowds and the sponsorship can, you know, push a little bit more. None of these right. promoters are getting rich. You know, you and I both know that. And uh, hell, you're a promoter yourself. You know, I've been to your pull in Nordheim and it's tough. It, it's a tough, it's a tough nut to crack. There's so many things to do and, I'm really hoping that, like you said, the guys and gals that did have an event this summer, I hope they're rewarded handsomely in 2021 and 2022 and beyond where, you know, they maybe just you yeah, know, open, no, you know, I, open the sport I up to some new fans. Positive, I really like I so. said, on the, so. on the events that uh, that we did get to go to, they were, you could just tell there was people had had enough of quarantining and staying at home. They were ready to get out and, you know, go live, you know, and like I said, it, it was, even for us, it was refreshing to be around people that, you know, regardless of, like I said, regardless of what your stance is on wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, if it works, if it don't work, it, it just, to me, it makes for an uncomfortable situation. I haven't wore one near enough to be comfortable in it. I'm just, I, you know, <laughs> so to go around and be around everybody and everybody just kind of letting their hair down, so to speak, and relaxing and having a good time. That was refreshing. And uh, no, nobody died from tractor pulling. So I think we're all all right. It is. So. Good deal. One thing I've always wanted to ask you, Clint, is Texas is a gigantic state, but tractor pulling, truck and tractor pulling is not big in Texas. It's just for whatever reason it hasn't, it was, I think in the eighties, but how does a guy basically 45 minutes from the Gulf of Mexico get, get, you know, get the bug of truck and tractor pulling? I mean, what's kind of what's your back history on that or what got you started in the sport? And I know, I mean, I know how you got here, but what were the early days? Well, I just, to, I remember, I guess, to truck and tractor pulling? pretty young. I don't even remember how old we were, but the uh, young farmers uh, in Yorktown, I don't I just vague memories of, I guess back in the early eighties, maybe even late seventies put on a few pulls here local. And, and my dad took us to them and, and uh, you know, we, we watched and it, it just something about it. that was always a real fond memory. And then the, uh, 
they had a big pool. I guess that was TNT uh, back in the Coliseum in San Antonio. Of course, then they did the Astrodome in, in Houston. And we went, I think, to the Astrodome once, but we went multiple times to the one in San Antonio. That was always right around my birthday. And that was just, man, walking in there and, and they'd always have a tractor hooked to the sled, you know, out on the track and just 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 seeing that. I don't know. It's just something about it that it it did something to me inside that it was always something that um I don't know, it was just really, really cool. The diesel tractors back then, you know, we had Ted Brandt and some of those guys that were real popular down here and and watching them spool up and the black smoke, that was always my favorite. And uh, what got us, I guess, started, we, uh, heck, Connor was just a little small, small kid yet. He was in a, he might have even been in a little basket carrying him around, but we went to a, uh, we went to an antique tractor pull in, in Cole and Whitey's hometown. And I don't even think they were there, but it's, they always have a fair there and they had a, they had an antique pull and a good friend of mine let me drive his John Deere R. And boy, going down there, I mean, we were going like snail speed, but I was on top of the world, you know, and uh, <laughs> the next weekend we had found actually on Sunday morning of that, that weekend, uh, the boy that let me drive his R uh, actually brought me a auction flyer that uh, a local auction that was going to be down the road uh, about a hundred miles from us. Had an 830, had had two or three old diesel um, two-cylinders coming up. Of course, the 830 was something I really, really wanted. And uh, shit, we went the next weekend with a gooseneck trailer and bought that thing. And they were having uh, they were having a pull up at uh, Casterville, and we took off and hauled up there, and we hooked that thing that night for the very first time. And it just, I was ruined after that. You know, we... So I had the 830 and then we overhauled it and put different tires on it and built weight brackets for it. And then I bought a pair of 730s out of South Dakota and I had them set up. One was a tricycle, one was a wide front so that we could get them in different weight classes. And then we had a stroke G that came out of uh, the panhandle up there, kind of close in the blade grave area. And uh, yeah, we were pulling all four of them and just absolutely eat up i mean we'd start that's it's, awesome we'd start and take seven thousand pounds off of that 830 and by the end of the afternoon or night we'd have it all put back on hands i mean just wore out and <laughs> just couldn't get enough of it and uh so we did that i guess from 06 till 09 was the first year that i pulled bullfrog we had got it put together and and uh, I bought an old tractor actually that pulled down here and, and uh, it, it came from up north. It was bought by some people from Seguin that pulled in the Lone Star days. And uh, it was named Bullfrog. And I bought that tractor and, and uh, it was a dang quad range. And it was a 4230 quad range op factory open station that they had stripped down and put some weight brackets on and boy, I really thought I had something. And I got to asking around and I threw Haslag and some guys there. I got to meet Larry Steinman and some different ones. And I started asking them, you know, what do we need to do to this quad range? You know, I want to be able to shift it. I thought that was going to be cool. And 
it, uh, boy, I started figuring out real quick what I had was not what I needed. And I ended up buying, uh, buying a, a <laughs> tractor that, uh, Tim Engler had actually built his rear end and stuff in it. And it was a super stock from up around Lance knew the guys. I can't remember what their name was, but, uh, they ran it. And then the guy that owned it ended up having a heart attack and dying and his wife sold the tractor. And it went to uh, Pinyan, New York, to Ross Kastner. And Ross had the tractor, just a rolling chassis, and it had 30 and a halves on it. And I bought it without the tires and had it shipped down to Haslag. And they uh, they did all the sheet metal work. And well, I think we picked it up in the uh, 08, first of 09. And Hartz had built a motor for me for it. And uh, I got to know Brandon and Dustin Hart. And anyway, we put it together and we ran it uh a couple of years and then i hooked up with phil and he built me a motor for it that uh was something else that's where he and i kind of got hooked up and i've been with him ever since so um that first motor that we built is actually still running in a 3000 limited rpm class and uh, uh brian uh with prairie performance actually works on it and uh so it's actually still out there running, but we we stepped up and went with one of his eight one motors, and we did real well with that tractor all the years that we pulled it, and just kind of done everything we thought we could do. And uh, I wanted to run a pro stock. We'd see the pro stocks come down to Taylor, Texas, and man, that was just you talk about making your mouth water watching Yarricks and Porters and Steve Bailey and all of those guys that were running and watching them pull in that indoor arena and Jimmy Brackett and, uh, the Barrett. we, yeah, Ricky Barrett and, uh, Bill Barrett, a lot of those guys. And we'd, we'd see them at, uh, Deleon too. And just Dave York actually let me drive his dirt sling and deer. I ended up buying the dirt sling and deer, but he let me drive it at Deleon one night and did a terrible job driving it, but he did let me drive it. And, I think I took last place with his tractor and he drove bullfrog and won with it. So <laughs> I pretty much guaranteed he'd probably never let me drive again, but uh, we kind of started looking and I was on the list for <laughs> Tim Engler to build a new chassis. I knew what I wanted to build and I knew it needed to be an Engler chassis and, and uh, heck just out of the blue one day, Lance Little called me up. I had his number in my phone for some reason and uh just all of a sudden here, Lance Little's calling me. I was like, what the heck's he calling? Yeah, I never had met the guy. never talked to him. And he said, hey, I just Lance Little out to school, little noise. I said, yes, sir. How are you? And he said, well, I'm good. He said, I hear you looking for a big block chassis. And I said, well, I'm on the list with Engler to get one. He said, I got one for sale. Are you interested? And I said, well, is it the 830? And he said, yeah, it is. And so, heck, he told me what he wanted for it. And I... I said, can I talk to my wife and call you back here this afternoon? He said, well, you don't think you're interested in us? Oh, can you give me a few hours? <laughs> anyway, so well, I called him back within about an hour. And yeah. told him take it. And he held it for me and then brought it to Louisville that year that we picked it up. And uh, Cole and Whitey carried it home and Phil built me a motor for it. And we were going to try to be out in 16 with it. And we just couldn't quite get everything together and, so we just held back and said, heck, we'll have it ready to go for 17. And that's how that kind of worked out. So, but the, the antique deal is what got us, got us into it. And then of course, 
the kids, we still try to go to a few of them. They still have a antique pool, uh, still got the same sled that we all had a hand in building. And they actually come to Nordheim and do one for us and do probably six or eight, 10 events during the summer. And so we try to go support them when we can. Uh, it's Tri-County Antique Tractor Pullers, but they're, they're, they're where we got our start, I guess, from. So it's like, a, it's like a bad drug, Jason. I love it. It is. It's a disease. No, seriously, that's why my tractor is called The Remedy. Because <laughs> my wife said to me one night, tractor pulling is a disease. Yeah. You'll always figure out a way to find the yeah, money you, and the time you, to do there's it. There's some and stuff in life right. you think you can so do without. You my figure tractor out remedy. what those things you can so. do without are so you can get that bigger injection pump or that bigger turn. A little more dyno time or whatever it is. <laughs> but I tell you, we've really met a lot of Man, we've met a lot of good people doing this. We, we, I mean, we meet new people every year. Uh, a lot of people know us because of the 830. Uh, you know, just, of course, we, like I said, then we've, yep. you know, did good enough to get invited to Louisville and winning that deal in 19, you know, that Thursday night deal will be something I'll never forget. And hope like heck we can go back and maybe get lucky enough to draw good, and get in there again with them and, get a chance to go to the finals, but uh, that above and beyond anything I've ever done was the coolest deal that I don't know if anything ever topped that. So the after party after that was even pretty cool too. No, I can, <laughs> I bet it was, I bet it was. No, Louisville is, it a, is, you know, you know, some that's the Super Bowl like of said, there's... you hit it on the head. I know Bowling Green. We want to go to Bowling Green one of these days. You know, that's why I want to get these things fitted uh, for some bigger setups. And we, we've had big setups on it, but every year the, the setup needs to be bigger and bigger. So we go back and we regroup. But we're going to try to get ready. We're going to get ready for Louisville. And if it happens, we'll be ready to go. And if not, we'll, we'll have our setups on and maybe uh, maybe hit a few big ones next year. So, uh we drove. I drove the thing down the track with a five four on it. Awesome. Uh, and boy, it, it is just. I would love to get it out on a three hundred twenty foot track. I mean, I know it. We're way back from the big guys, but man, I tell you, it feels good with the five inch Weimer. But when when you get out on a long track where they'll let you run, there's there's a feeling like no other to to have that kind of horsepower under you. And so it's. Uh, it's just something that you can't get out of your system. You just keep wanting more and more and more of it. I guess the only good thing about tractor pulling over uh, being on drugs is you don't lose your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> anyway, uh, how are you coming on yours? Do you, uh, you got it up for sale or are you going to get it back together? Well, well, I had, you know, I was kicking around, you know, you and I talked about the pro stock idea and I just decided I wasn't quite ready for that yet. So rebuilding the motor in the 4.1 and then Tony and I are going to buy a toter together so we can haul them together at the same time instead of each of us having yeah. two separate yeah. rigs no, and have one uh, together. That'll be, that'll make my good. life a lot. Everybody can share in on the work on that. And my, that's, that's been a, you know, with Conley getting bigger and Carly getting yep. bigger, we've all got our. Uh, it's a lot of work with them two of them, even though we don't wrench a lot on them. Hell, just getting them unloaded and getting them back in the trailer and, and 
booming them suckers down. You know, it's quite, it, it, it took us a, a week or two to figure out how to get them boomed down where every, everything would stay in its place. And, uh, had a few bugs to work out in the toter and the trailer is, yeah, Kentucky did a hell of a job on it. They revamped a lot of stuff. We put it air, condi- air conditioning in it now and boy, it's, it's nice. And, uh, but you've got to have a nice rig when we stay away from home as long as we do. You know, you can't can't be in a, out there in the pit. I mean, so we got to have exactly. a nice place to stay. That and is legit. and uh, yep. so it it all of it together makes makes for a fun summer for us. Yep. Well, Clint Connor, thank you. We spent an hour together talking, and we can your friends and pulling fans can listen to this on iTunes and Spotify, and we'll catch well, up if, before if, we uh, again. We'll, if if we'll it all happens, will you be there and, this uh, year? Hopefully, see you down there. So, okay. all right. Well, sounds good. We appreciate you always taking the time yes, to want to talk to yes, us, sir. and uh, so look forward to seeing y'all again. Thank you for what you do. I mean, it's the, it's not just the money, it's the time and your family supports you. And it's good to see you all together yeah. at the polls. Like you well, do. We're and, same here. You know, you're to one be good honest family. with I'm you, excited to if, call you my if they all didn't Thank go, I much. wouldn't go do it. That's, uh, you know, toward the end of the year, whenever Connor's got his track meets and Lynette can't go, I don't have the want to, to really want to go sometimes, you know, it's just, it doesn't feel right leaving out and leaving everybody behind. So uh, we do it all together and that's what makes it work. So, yeah, we, we look forward to it and, uh, we're honored to have Jason Agreed. Schultz as our friend Agreed. and, uh, looking forward to having you down at Nordheim for next year. We want to make that thing bigger and better as well. And just everything's all going to be good. 2021 is going to be spectacular. We will. You too. Thanks, man. I love it. I love it. Thanks, guys. Have a great night.